Welcome to episode 16 of the A-Strings podcast. Yay! Hi, Tom. Hello, Andrew. Hi, Adam. Hello, both. How are we doing today? Good. Tom? Wonderful. Oh, Tom is wonderful. Andrew? Um, Bit ill? Grumpy? Yeah. I've got... Um, I, I don't know if I got a summer cold. I don't know if it's hay fever or just like remnants from a slightly heavier weekend than I usually have. <laughs> but yeah, I'm feeling quite groggy today, throat especially. Yeah, you commented earlier that I sounded lower. Yeah, your voice was a lot. Definitely is definitely lower. Mm. It's been squeaking quite a bit though. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, I think I called them honey balls. <laughs> <laughs> Enough about me. What's going on in your world? Nothing particular. Is that a new Nick Johnson t-shirt? Yes. You're obsessed with Nick Johnson. No, though. I'm a fan. I am a fan. So I bought the new album on pre-order and I bought the collector's bundle, which was a t-shirt, long sleeve t-shirt, the signed vinyl, even though we've met, basically friends, and um, and some, some prints. So I'm going to frame the prints eventually. You probably find that you know, with something like that, there's more signed copies of that album than there are none. There's probably just signed copies of the yeah. album. Yeah. 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 Nice t-shirt though. Nice designs. Tom's he, inspired. He wants to do his own line of t-shirts. Yeah. They're kind of like that kind of, um, almost like South American kind of sun. Kind yeah. Um, aztec kind of yeah, that's stuff. The, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Tom is, uh, Tom is going to do some, he's not, A-strings. he's not Aztec. He's not Aztecian, is he? No, he's Canadian. Yeah. But it's a very good album. Is it? Wide Eyes in the Dark by Nick Johnson. Wide Eyes! And uh, any singing on it? No. This is just instrumental. Yeah. So interestingly, Remarkably Human, which is the album that he was, that was out when he came to us, is very kind of 50s, 60s sci-fi kind of feel. And this one is a bit more 80s sci-fi. So it's all, all the synths are kind of way more 80s and, Yes, can, can he play keyboards as well? No, he has people in. Yeah, yeah. It was brilliant when we had because we had him and uh, Mark Holcomb, Mark Holcomb in for a Dadari event uh, early July. Last, it was July the fourth. It was Independence Day, wasn't it? Oh yeah, of course. And you know, we sold out the event straight away. By the way, the Jared James Nichols event I think has sold out now, hasn't it? It must be. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we were I, on. We the had finals, quite a few ticket sales over the weekend. So, but anyway, yeah. um, so it was quite a sold out. It was a sold out event. And um, we got a few uh, customers that like to turn up early, you know, just because they like to get in the, the mood for it and, you know, they, they have a drink and you know, a bit of a chat. And <laughs> we had... Bugsy a stool. You, you watch, yeah, yeah, you, bugsy, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they, they nick a stool and, uh, you know, you know, if they're paying £3 a ticket, they want to make sure they have at least four drinks. Um, and we... <laughs> Um, so anyway, um, this uh, customer came in, um, Steve, and uh, he's he's not from around these parts, is he? He's, no. I think he's from like Portsmouth way or Southampton way. Yes, I think he is that way. Yeah, but he's... he's got, he supports Bournemouth football, so yeah. I don't know whether he is that way. Yeah. yeah. But um, he, uh, Nick Johnson was doing his kind of sound check and Steve was in and 
he shouldn't have been in really. You know, nobody no. should have been in, you know, while the sound checking was going on because, you know, it's the artist's kind of private time to kind of set up. And uh, Steve, uh, Nick Johnson had just kind of done like a bit of a backing track and, you know, performed a bit just to kind of get levels and everything and get used to the, you know, the area that he was performing. And it kind of went quiet. And Steve said, <laughs> I bought your album this afternoon. And, um, Nick said, oh, thanks, man, thanks. Um, do you like it? He goes, I don't know, I haven't listened to it yet. And I think between you know, the three or four of us, there were, we just all kind of looked at each other and cracked up laughing internally yeah. while everyone else just kind of just felt very, very awkward. It's not really guitar relevant, but um, I so went to London this weekend. All right. And I usually it's a rush in the morning just to kind of pull my, put a few t-shirts in a bag and yeah. you know spare underwear and just kind of go never prepare so this time i thought do you know what i'm gonna prepare the night before let's get everything together so i did it um friday morning nice kind of leisurely walk up to the train station and uh gotta buy a ticket and the lloyd's bank cards i've got like three business ones and like one personal one yeah. and they all look identical they're yeah. all green and you know uh, so I looked but I keep the personal one on one side in right. front of my driving license and I mm. keep the other three on the other side of my yeah. wallet and I opened up the wallet to pay for a ticket and I just saw my driving license so obviously my personal card wasn't there so I thought, oh god's sake so emptied out the wallet could see you know train was about to come looking for my um, cards and my personal card is in there, so I've I've oh. lost it. So I tried calling Kate. Kate was home, and I tried calling her. You know, say, can you have a look for my card? She didn't answer the phone. I called her about four times. She had her phone on sound, which is the most annoying thing in the world. You know, why bother having a phone? You got to keep it on sound. I'm of the I, same opinion. Yeah, I digress. So I get home. You know, like face like thunder. You know, where's my ruddy card kind of thing. You know, yeah. turn the things upside down and looking in bags and everything. And I just resigned myself to the fact that I've lost it. I'm just about to go, you know, for a weekend away and I've lost my uh, my spending money. So um, I was going to cancel it, but then who's going to cancel my Apple Pay on my phone and stuff. So ah, I didn't right, do that. Yeah. So anyway, I looked back um, on the transactions for the week to see when, uh, when the last time I would have used it over £30 was, and it was in Tesco's on Monday. So uh, I called up Tesco's and told them, give my details and everything, and told them that um, my bank card, I think I'd left my bank card there, can they have a look? And they called me back in about half hour and said, I was on the train to London by this point, and they said, yes, we got it in store. So come and collect it on whenever you're back and bring ID. So fast forward to yesterday, I went there to collect the card, and... Uh, showed ID and they said yep they got like a load of cards there it is and they give it to me and as I was walking away I looked at the card and thought oh, it's Lloyd's and it's got Andrew Morgan on there but it just looked just felt different for some reason I looked and it was a different account number it was a different Andrew Morgan with a Lloyd's bank card in Tesco's up a boat so I went back and said this isn't my card and my card was actually there as well really so Two Andrew Morgans lost their Lloyd's bank card in Upper Boat. I've had mine back now, but how easy would it have been to have just walked away with that and just started spending on contactless? Yeah. And I would have been the criminal. Yeah. So this is a call to you, dear listener. If you know an Andrew Morgan who is sans a debit card, 
What if he'd got there first and got yours? What if he'd got there first? Absolutely. Yeah. They should have said, like, can you confirm your account now? Bring something with your account details. Well, you know, I, I, she was absolutely, she was aghast, as was I. This is the news. So, shop news. Okay. So we've had some new Godans come in. Mm. Uh, we've done a video and it's gone up and it's out and it's done. I was very impressed with a couple of things. First of all, the um, efficiency of eating. Thank you. Don't leave him hanging. Oh, he saw it and left me. He did. <laughs> um, but also, um, yeah, really good video. And they sound really nice. Yeah, so we, we came into the video. The one, just as people know, they, they like to hear the, in, the inner workings. Mm. The humbucking one needed a proper setup when it came in. Did it? Yes. Okay. It was essent- It was very un- well, not unplayable, but when we first tried it out, it was in tune and, and, and playing, but it was, it felt like 12s on there or something. Really? Yeah. Uh, so it had a, uh, I set it up before we did the video. Kind of had expectations of the humbucker one being obviously three-way switch, a bit more versatile. The P90, well, by the end of the video, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. We were just both sat there and I just carried on playing the P90 one. Unplugged, yeah. but just carried on. It's just such a good guitar. A P90 gives you everything you're ever going to want from a pickup, I think. You know, it's got, if you whack it right the way up, you've got enough kind of power and meatiness oh, to unbelievable. give it. But um, when you turn it down or if you're playing clean, it's just, it's just, yeah, they're just all, you know, well-rounded pickups, I think. You know, yeah. they've got that just lovely bluesy kind of mm. um, feel to them. Interestingly, with the, just the way that the video went, with the P90 one, we were on the same setting on the amp. We were just rolling back volume and yeah. putting up, you know, it was only the, the ambient stuff. We changed it to, you know, the sort of cleaner yeah. channel on the, on the you, amp. You had some quite kind of chimey, kind of bright sounds, harsh kind of bright sounds to that. With the P90 opened up all the way, it was very, very bright. It is very yeah. bright. But again, you know, different amp, maybe something like a Vox, maybe a bit darker would suit it. The, I only saw them yesterday and, you know, I've not even looked at them today, but... They're kind of growing on me a bit. When I saw them first off, when you got them at the box, the sunburst, the sunburst that they've done on it is very, very close to bad kind of cheap sunbursts that you get on very inexpensive guitars. But I think that these are going to kind of settle into themselves. And I think because it's a semi-gloss, isn't it? So yeah. I think that they're going to wear quite easily, quite mm. quickly. Yeah. my Not very easily, very quickly. <laughs> Just... <laughs> yeah, maybe quite easily, very quickly. I'm not sure, but my issue with them because I was looking at them when I came in again today isn't so much the color of the sunburst; it's the fact that the tops are so plain. Yeah, it just that's what I think makes it look yeah. a little bit. They're, they're a guitar that needs to be played and played and played. You know, it's like a set of brogues, a pair of brogues. I think you know, the, yeah, they'll be so much better. In but, every respect, in a year's time, kind of thing, and everything on the guitars is is top, you know, is top line. Like yeah, like the if you've seen the video, you know. But the you know split ratio tuners are on there. Graftech, you know, bridge and Graftech nut. It's, it's split all proper, ratio proper tuners is not something I've been exposed to before, but it makes a lot of sense. Mm. So yeah, um, how much do they go out at? Uh, nine, eight, nine, nine. Is it right? For a, yes, for a Canadian built guitar, you know, North American built guitar. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. But, so, so but, first couple. Yeah, and if you're yeah, if you want to try them, my recommendation is the P ninety one by a long way. It's amazing. They've 
they've tried getting us to take on like the um the Stratton Telly style ones in the past and they look very, very good guitars, but I don't see the point when we're no. fender dealers. I, no. I think that it it's it, it just doesn't make sense strategically. I don't no, know. it doesn't. We've got that covered and we're dealing with a you know, in in Fender we've got a company that we enjoy dealing with. What's the point in jeopardizing that? Yeah. So yeah. Well done to you two. It's great, boss. Bravo. Well done, Tom. Good video. <laughs> there's some there's some shots in this video which I've noticed like, new shots. Like nothing we've done before. The the close shots when you're sort of here at the window, people don't know what I'm doing because we're in a room. Uh there's some shots there that just look yeah, magnifique. It's all look nice, isn't it? From that angle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it did. Very and, good. You know, it's nice to see it. A new bit of wall, you know, <laughs> so you can see like um, the the thin line in the background, and, yeah. You know, some other bits. You know, it's some. Um, Freddie was there as well. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know he's going home with you soon, but Freddie uh, popped up to say hello. Yeah, it's a little uh, Funko Pop Freddie Mercury in the video. I got Brian at home. We'll get the whole band. We should get the band for the video room. Yeah, that'd be nice. So, since two thousand and eight, maybe. So, um, I've been dealing with Friar Travel Boosters. Oh yeah, yeah, and um, as some on behalf of Greg, um, Greg Fryer, who lives in Australia, I was dealing with him for like a couple of years, mm-hmm. and uh, he got into business with Nigel Knight, yes, you know, and created what they called the factory kind of booster, which was um, all British made, but what we kind of regarded as more mass production kind of thing. I want to say mass production, but you talk about that on any other, with any other brand on any other scale, you're talking thousands and thousands, you know. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about is that um, Nigel used to be able to get them made up 30 or 40 or 50 at a time kind of thing. And at the Trail Booster Plus Deluxe and Touring, um, all Greg's original designs based on other kind of uh, Trail Boosters, but then yeah. uh, Nigel kind of um, worked them into a mass-producible kind of, or an easily producible booster. Okay, and um, they've been sold kind of first of all exclusively through me for probably a good six, seven years or so. Then Nigel started selling them on his site as well because he, people want to deal with him directly. Yeah, and that kind of come to its natural conclusion uh, towards the end of last year. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, if I count it back, I reckon probably had in excess of two thousand boosters from Brian May boosters that we've had in and sold all around the world. Um, Brian May Guitars um, have been requesting for a booster to sell with their guitars for years and years and years, and um, now's as good a time as any to kind of to do it. Absolutely. And so um, there's a new booster out. Um, I think we're going to be able to buy it in, you know, as in it's not something that can just be bought direct, but um, I think it's about 250 quid. And it's got three settings on there. Ah, okay. So you've got kind of three in one. Um, yeah. And so, you know, there's a, a new kind of Brian May booster out there. It, it's, it's one of those, you know, I've had a lot of difficult conversations with regards to the boosters because they're designed for a very, very specific purpose, yeah. which is to push a valve amp over, over the top so you get that really nice kind of Brian May distortion. Yeah. Or with the DK amp to get those kind of sounds. People buy them thinking that it's going to be Brian May in a box. It's going to be one of those things you can just plug your guitar in, plug this into a 
you know, any kind of any other way, no. and get that sound, and and you can't. So, um, you know, it. I haven't tried one of these boosters yet, but they look pretty nifty. And anything that Nigel like builds is going to be absolutely amazing. So yeah, um, so they're going to be available through. Well, they're available through the Brain Reggae Tales website. Brain cool. Um, we could get them in, but we've actually got we've still got one or two of the old the kind of pluses. Well, we can get one for our videos. Yeah, yeah, we could do. Well, the idea would be, wouldn't it? Seeing as we have them all, you have them all personally. Mm. Is a b it against a b it against them yeah. in each setting? Is it doing the job? It, right. So we sold three different ones, and you know, so you had the touring, which was his modern sound. That you know what he's meant to sound like now. You had the plus that was meant to be his late seventies, eighties kind of sound, and the deluxe, which was his early kind of period, and they're only very slightly different to each other. You know, it, it, with regards to... It, it, very interesting as much as, you know, you could do like a squeak at the top of the neck on one and you'd get like a higher, like an octave harmonic kind of thing going on. Right. And then you do something exactly the same with the other one and you won't have that going on, but you might get a different kind of sustain and different type of... So they all did react differently, but, yeah. um, you know, 97% of their job was to push the amplifier and get it sound in a certain way when you strike an A chord and yeah. that's what they do you know so it's yeah uh, I'm well into my boosters so I can appreciate the differences but I don't think that you know I, I think that it's, it's quite a difficult conversation to have with people that expect you to switch a button and your distortion kind of sound it's um, yeah I think from for them to be an always on mm. thing as well mm. that's quite a yeah you know it's a nerve-wracking thing mm. to put into your rig because, you know, it is changing your sound from, you know, in every conceivable way. So, you know, yeah. it's not something you can put in or out. So, yeah. That's good. Be good to, well, we'll see them and we'll get one yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Come into a YouTube video near you soon. Mm. So you mentioned your London trip. What was, uh, what did you go, Madame Two Swords and the <laughs> London Eye or? <laughs> <laughs> Went to see the Mannix in uh, Shepherd's Bush. Amazing. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was the was second. It? it was the second night of the two that they uh, played there, yeah. and it, the first part of the show was "This is my truth, tell me yours" in its entirety. Yeah, and then the second half was like rarities and greatest hits kind of thing. So, oh, cool! So the size of the venues that they're doing, absolutely, is they're small and intimate, and they're amazing. You know, the energy yeah. from this. Cra- so we. Um, uh, the sport act was somebody called Gweno. Have you heard of yeah. All right. The name rings a bell. Welsh, by yeah. the name? Yeah. Oh, okay. But she also um, sings in Cornish, and she's really, really good. Right. Very, very Welsh folk kind of, you know, a lot of super fairy animal kind of influences in there. But ah, okay. she was really, really good. Um, but the, uh, yeah, so the man's come on, and the, this is My Truth, Tell Me Yours, is one of those albums that, you know, it doesn't start with like a big kind of rock opener like mm. a lot of their other kind of uh, albums. It's it's a very much kind of deep breath and let the music breathe kind of affair, you know, more or less the entire album. Okay. So it was always going to be one that you're only going to bother going if you're a fan of the the band. But also, you know, you kind of think, you know, set lists and how are they constructed? You know, you come on to like a big, usually it's an impressive starter. Yeah another couple of songs that you know, then you bring it down a bit. Yeah. And then you bring it back up, bring the energy up. 
then you might do something a little bit obscure that the fans know. You know, you've usually got like a journey and a set list, haven't you? Where, and then it'll have a big kind of finale. Yeah. Um, so it started. The album starts with a song called "The Everlasting," which is it's kind of ballad-ish. You know, like it, it's uh, quite a, uh, a slow song. Right. But from the very very first note, the crowd just sang the voices it was amazing you know it kind of lifted the roof a bit and you know so when it got to the chorus you know they're absolutely you know kind of really going for it and james said something like oh this is gonna be a good night kind of thing you know he was he could the crowd were feeding them and they absolutely kind of uh reacted back as well and it was i reckon i've seen them in excess of 20 25 times really know? well yeah you know since 1998 you know, which is, the, this is my truth tour, you know, since oh, 20 right. years since I've been seen. So since then, I've seen him loads and loads of times. And this is up there with one of the best times, you know. Oh, that's so good. The, um, and the second half, um, second half of the set, they didn't have a break or anything, they just went straight into it. And uh, basically the show gold kind of ruled throughout. Really? Yeah. I think if there was like nine or ten songs of the second half of the set, um, at least eight of them were show called, you know, including things like Design for Life. And I was going to say, with like big solos. Yeah, yeah. Motorcycle? Uh, maybe. Did they play it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's kind of, a, especially the sound of that. Yeah. That sound is so yeah. specific, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'll, I'm You're, going to see him again next month. All right. <laughs> I was going to say, you could just say, I'll ask him. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he, he's some... Um, absolutely in love with that guitar good yeah and you know it's been on the forums and all that kind of thing you know people have been asking about it because it's not like it's just come on for a, a song or two you know it, it's playing like a massive part of the entire um yeah thing is white les paul and he come out like but twice i think oh, okay yeah he's using a big gretch chet atkins all oh, right oh i've seen photos actually yeah, yeah. credit to stephen brown <laughs> stephen brown photography <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, did that. I went up on Friday, saw them on Saturday, and awesome. Uh, come back on Sunday, feeling rough as <laughs> rough as a dog, <laughs> rough as ten Hungarian beers. So the only bit of gear-related news, really, that I've seen that's worth mentioning is Mark Knopfler is currently on tour, yeah. and he is now using Kemper profilers. Shut up! Oh yeah, can you imagine the forums? Can you, imagine, can you imagine Alid? That's it, no? He's going to get a Kemper. Oh, man. No, but... No, but... The, the, right. If you're chasing Mark Knopfler's sound... You're chasing you know, album you, sound, anyway. Yeah. You, or a tour from 1985 or, or whatever. Hmm. You're not looking for no, no, his no, no, sound no, no. as it is no. now. You know? Uh, it's... um, Yeah, this is... It, it's, it's my problem with things like... The Slash Wah... You know, from Dunlop. Right. You know, people want the wire to sound like Sweet Child of Mine. But it was probably just but a normal... Just a, probably just normal crybaby or whatever mm. it was. You know, it wouldn't have been yeah. Slash Wire with a distortion on it and all that kind of no. thing. Well, the funny thing is the Les Paul used for the album was fake. Yeah. So that's yeah. the uh, that's the funny the funniest part. But going back to the Mark Knopfler thing, mm. you know, if you're going to chase his sound, well, you know, you need to shell out on like a 10 grand 
uh, Les Paul or so, is it? He's got a mega expensive Les Paul, haven't he? His custom shop yeah. is mental. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, like for me, if I was chasing that, it'd be like Brothers in Arms tone and exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're gonna be sticking with your Fender Twin or whatever it is. Okay, he's using it, but it's know, convenience. If, if I was it's a, convenience, and it's obviously close enough to his amp sound that Brian may start using a Kemper. I wouldn't. No. What are the financials doing, Tom? Well, on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. We are curr- Give me a stock report. We're currently um, earning between two and three pounds a day. Say what? That's amazing. It is good. And yeah. it can only get better. Yeah. The more videos that it we do. It doesn't sound a lot. It doesn't. It's going to be over a thousand pounds in a year. Yeah. Which and- is a nice new camera. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. Straight away. Yeah. Stuff for Tom. Yeah. Ring fenced his uh, no makeup for Adam or <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> or the new light from new ring light for my much uh, needed Botox place. or uh, yeah come on yeah. <laughs> little chin lift hair transplant plump um, up his booty industrial light and magic to uh, <laughs> yeah his special effects yeah Sorry. smooth out the uh, crow's feet yeah but no it, it is good and. You know, we're always looking every time we do a video now. It, you sometimes videos, you know, we've just done the go down one. We don't expect it to be, you know, another Meteora video, yeah. you know. But it's interesting to see that just every video we do is helping contribute. Tristan's folk ones have gone up. Yeah. They are contributing towards the... Sixpence. Hey, see? Uh, They're contributing so towards yeah. the, the, the final fund. How many videos have we got at the moment? A lot. Yeah, yeah there's a lot. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, so Elwyn came into the shop earlier. Oh, okay. um, long standing listeners will remember Elwyn smiles, smiles, and mentioned he, he showed me a picture of all of his. He said he took like a family photograph the other day of all of his reverbs, delays, and all the different things. And he said, you know, he sold probably five times more than was. In I that. can't even imagine. So I thought it'd be really good, given that he's. A delay reverb connoisseur. Yes. Connoisseur. Connoisseur. Um, whether he might like to come in and join us next week. Awesome. And we can kind of uh, combine the feature and the top five. Yeah. With um, So it's his top, uh, what's he doing? His top five? Well, I was going to leave that to you. You know, for you to get in touch with him. Okay. And to kind of arrange that. But I thought it might be kind of break up the, the uh, series a little bit. Yeah. So, Tom, you can stay at home t- next week if you want. and uh... <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of brings us neatly on to Biscuit News. Biscuit News! So, you said to me when I came in that Elwyn has, has El- Elwin's been gifted us with biscuits. Yeah, very, very nice biscuits. He's been to Waitrose. He's been to Waitrose. Of course. Of course, yeah. Do they have white traces in Wales? There's one in Cardiff, in the nice part of Cardiff. In the nice part. <laughs> yeah. You've got to show a proof of address before you go in. Yeah. Um, you're from the wrong, you're not allowed. So what did he bring? I saw lemon curd. Yeah, and coffee biscuits. Oh. For you, specifically. Why He's, me? He said that you like your coffee. I do. And you like your biscuits. I do. So, mm. Mm. It's David Brendan. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, it's a fusion of coffee and biscuits. Worth a try. Yeah. So we got, what's, 
got a cloche. Yes. So this is. Um, do you want to explain that? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> literally, last thing yesterday. Yeah. Our friends, Stuart and Christy, turned up yeah. at the shop, and Christy was here for a lesson. Stuart was here uh, because he wanted to buy a mini super beetle, and uh, to add to his Can't collection. Yeah, and what an amp! Yeah, yeah. absolutely, one hundred percent, one of the <coughs> best amps that so we've we, had. We've not got any more left. Uh, one left. We should have another okay. one left. Yeah. yeah, there's one left. Are you panicking then, aren't you? <laughs> it's my one. One's going home with Tom. Um, and they came in with a huge carrier. And when I say the carrier bag was big, it was a big carrier bag. In fact, it's over there. What? Go on. Full, I mean to the brim, yeah. with biscuits. <sighs> different biscuits, different, different, everything. But there's a twist. Oh, right, okay. So, they've brought us a selection of biscuits, which we have got hidden under this little platter, which we're going to present now. Yeah. And it's simply just a taste test and just to see they just want to know what you think oh my goodness me they just want to know what you think of these biscuits they're interested to know um, so we'll dive in first and then we'll talk after but Do there's for- digestives there's chocolate fingers there's custard creams there's chocolate digestives and these are a salted toffee cookie that's what I was going to go for first yeah something salted like that salted caramel salted caramel I that's the one yeah it's a coconut it's like a taste lovely, but they kind of disintegrate in my mouth in a way that normal biscuits don't. Quite dry. It's quite dry. <laughs> okay, well, love that. Mm. Tasty one. Well. Just biscuit. So, so what's the challenge? Try the digestive. <laughs> I'm going to try the chocolate digestive. Mm. Tom's only got through a third of the digestive and it's gone, on, it's gone back onto the tray. I need to know what's going on before I can relax and enjoy. <laughs> so all of these biscuits contain trace of rohypnol. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> so all of these biscuits they've brought in are all wheat and gluten-free. Wow. So Stuart's message to us was here's how I have to live because <laughs> obviously Stuart can't have gluten yeah. so everything in the bag apart from the tannocks because the tannocks were Christie's way of saying sorry we've had to you've, we've had to have all the wheat and gluten free um, is yeah is wheat and gluten free it's all from the free from section in Sainsbury's also he did say to us to try and guess how much it all cost maybe individually but Mm. I, I think we can assume from that that it's very, very expensive. Yeah. Unfairly. Yeah. No one's had a custard cream yet. Smells like a custard cream. Oh, it doesn't taste oh. like one. Oh! <laughs> 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 it tastes like margarine. <laughs> it takes a lot for Tom to raise his voice. I think I dodged a bullet with that one. Oh, yeah, you have. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> it tastes like farts. <laughs> Stu, we feel your pain. 
the other thing as well he did say that is because they having to compensate for the lack of wheat and gluten there's so much fat and sugar just rammed into it yeah what did he say it's a cake pretending to be a biscuit isn't it that's how they have to make them so Andrew is now trying one of the Belgian white chocolate and lemon biscuits oh coffee shortbread (laughs) can I have one of your coffee shortbread I don't know did he say they were for me yeah Ah, for biscuit news, but bought with you in mind. He's amazing. He's bringing delay and reverb pedals in next week, which is like my favourite things. And he's bought coffee shortbread. Right. Uh, holy, holy moly. So what I'm going to, it smells like coffee cake. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give one to Tom because Tom is uh, self-proclaimed super buds of the group. So I think I prefer my biscuits and my coffee separate. Well, it's a good job you bought them for me then, Tom, wasn't it? That lemon one is amazing. Mm. Last week we did point out that we're going to do uh, healthy healthy snack news this week. Well, they were, glu- out, they were gluten and wheat free. Oh, gluten and wheat free. Yeah, with, <laughs> I was trying to swill. Horrendous amounts of um, fat and sugar. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of red labels. The Herberts, the Smiles, thank you very much to our contributors. So the past couple of weeks, we've seen quite a few vintage instruments come to us for different reasons, but we've had a couple in for sort of identification and valuation. The biggest one of the th- the, the few being the 62 Strat that was someone's dad's that they've found and discovered and are selling it and it's going to Europe for a ton of money. So I thought we would talk about just the the ones that we've had in. Things like the Les Paul that came in that was a fake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how to spot them. You know, not that this is going to be a, a, a how-to because it's, it's a visual thing. Uh, but also, especially with something like the 62 Strat, would you rather or would you rather custom shop so we'll talk about that in a minute but Mm. let's talk about the guitars so we had 1962 strat come in for evaluation and photos and sort of identification for a buyer in europe wasn't it yeah so we took it all apart managed you know we figured out that it is it is genuine it's a very good stew mac video on it it was 1962 uh stratocaster wasn't it it was. It was. A, it was a sixty-two as well. Yeah, which made and, it even easier for us to. Uh, and they had exactly our predicament, which is they had a, a sixty-two strap. He said, "I've been asked to make sure it's real, and um, just to kind of give my thumbs up with it." And he talks you through exactly what he's doing. He takes the neck off, tells you where to look. You and your brother knew all this anyway. You know that was the amazing thing. So, mm. um, you were there when um, Glyn dad took the thing apart didn't you? yeah so yeah. what happened so the everything was everything was right obviously you know for people who've done it before you know where you're looking for dates you're looking at the the heel of the neck you're looking in the heel itself sometimes they'll be sort of writing in one of the pickup cavities mm. 
The problem with this guitar is it's been refinished. It's been refinished a few times, we think. But at the moment, it's like a Fiesta Red kind of. Yeah, and maybe a bit darker. And it's not been done brilliantly. Mm. And what this could be, you know, this finish. Looking at it has probably been on for, you know, longer than I've been alive. Probably looking at it. But what they've done is they've painted everything. So yeah. the, the heel is painted inside. All the cavities are painted inside. So it was very very hard to tell. Apart from, you've got a dated neck stamp on the on the actual. Mm piece of metal that's on the bolt on neck problem with that is that's easy easy peasy to Fold. to to fake mm. so we had to look for so we had to look for other things that were going to tell us that it's real everything wiring wise was real uh, original what pots uh pots capacitors pickups were original well wow. the it had a jazzmaster thing jazzmaster switching system fitted yeah in it that was the only thing that had that been was changed. disconnected though wasn't it so it, was, it, it yeah, wasn't yeah. um functional but Unfortunately, mm. he was on the. One of the things that um, uh, he brought it in, and I said to him, "We're going to take a lot of pictures of it beforehand, and we want you to be aware of a few things because uh, if you looked at the scratch plate, none of the screws were sitting in tidy into the holes, were they? They weren't kind no. of because you know the the plastic over time shrinks, yeah, whereas well, the body doesn't, yeah. With the celluloid pick cards, yeah, you know, especially those those era ones, yeah, shrink." You look at it, and we've got pictures. And if you if you ever want to see them, and you pop in the shop, just say, "Oh, can I see that stuff?" So, you know, the 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 pickguard around the neck heel was not yeah. even anywhere near it anymore. What, what I was nervous of because the the chap who brought it in, like, see, it was his dad's guitar. It mm-hmm. wasn't he wasn't a guitarist. No, you know, it he wanted as much as he could get for the guitar. So, what I didn't want was for us to give this guitar back, and for him to say the screws aren't being put in properly, and this, that, and the other. You know the these guitars do change over time. Things shrink, things warp, blah, blah, blah. They rust. So we took a lot of pictures of it beforehand yeah. and then afterwards. And yeah, and to be fair, you know, we explained this to him and he said, no, I completely get that. It's not a problem. But, um, you know, even though, you know, we were just kind of, um, kind of commissioned to do just like a, a simple job like that. Yeah. There is like a sense of, a sense of awe, but also, there's a lot of responsibility for us to make sure that, you know, we can put it back together as well as we can take it apart. Yeah. It was it was definitely done, it felt like one of those videos where, uh, you know, when you see people uh, cleaning artwork? Yeah. It was like that, like, like a cotton wool glove job. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so everything got taken apart. We yeah, photographed everything. You know, we found the right patent numbers under under the tuners. Yeah. You know, everything was... Was, was it right. your brother pointed out? So, because um, so he's actually got a, a custom shop, sixty-two telly or sixty-three. Um, I'm not sure. It's not bound. So okay, I'll, I don't know what that would be. Okay, so t- just sent him a picture, just being like, you know, proper, you know, proper sixty-two or whatever. You know, you don't see him very often. Yeah, even if you're in a guitar shop. And uh, he said, "Are you sure that's a sixty-two neck?" I was like, "Why now? What's what now?" <laughs> and he said, uh, "He mentioned that the in." 62 they went in 61 to 62 they went from a slab rosewood board yeah. to a veneer rosewood board and the reason you can tell is because the the rosewood where the truss rod adjustment is at the yeah. bottom the if it's a slab rosewood board the the, the rosewood will sort of sit sort of over the and part of that will be drilled out for the and then drilled out for yeah. that if it's a veneer it'll just be sat on so, top and there'll be a gap. wow that's a good eye for detail that's mad yeah, yeah. 
So but, we were like, okay, so um, we we think that it's an early sixty-two neck yeah. because it, it, the 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 st- the dating wasn't a stamp; it was a pencil uh, date as well. Defender logo slightly different as well. So that's 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 the that's our big thing. That's the big issue that I've got with it is that the at some point the the logo's been the decal's been changed. Yeah. So we haven't got anything in here, but on on fenders on strats from as early as you can imagine really everything has Fender Stratocaster you've got original contour body on the yeah. round bit and then you've got all the little sort of with synchronized tremolo blah, 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 yeah. in tiny 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 none of that was, was there it was just Fender Stratocaster and it wasn't a great decal anyway so that was the only issue I've spoken to the buyer in Europe he called called the shop well, okay. asked a bunch of questions and they, they're back and forth about prices because he wasn't aware that it was a refin. He wasn't aware that there was yeah. no, no case. Right. Um, you know, so the that's there. That's obviously their business. Yes. But yeah. it's really interesting how the value can change by something so small. Yeah. Even something like one of the saddles was different, wasn't original. Mm-hmm. In that kind of market, collector's market, that would, you know, you could probably talk mm. hundreds of pounds off. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. Things like, you know, straight away... Um, I not we can talk figures, can't we? You know, it's nothing to do with this really. But no. um, was it the deal was run by six and a half? Was well, yeah, six seven was the sort of eBay finishing price, right? Okay, but they're definitely talking to each other now. Yeah, this guy, it's his dad's guitar. He doesn't have a clue, <laughs> mm. so it's not. He's not trying to hide anything. No, he just doesn't know what to say, what not to say, what to the, include. Yeah, it, it, you know, the interesting thing, you know, if it was an eBay sale and it doesn't go through on eBay, you know, if they come up with a figure substantially less, like straight away, now I'm in the case, you know, will be, will knock a few hundred off mm. at least, you know. But, you know, with the amount of fees that, you know, eBay takes, you know, he might find himself better off by doing it, by taking a, a lower figure independently anyway. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly, saying about the, the Fiesta Red thing, one of the big things that let us know, apart from the obvious, the way and seeing different colours underneath, one of the big things was was just how rare a Fiesta Red was yeah. in 62. Yeah. If it had been a proper Fiesta Red, we would be looking, you know, we'd be adding another figure on. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Easily. this guy thought he had a bargain. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because he thought it was an, the original colour. Mm. So uh, that's the big thing. Has the guitar gone back to the owner? So the owners had it back. And the we spoke to the buyer in Germany on Saturday. Right, I think it was Saturday. And um, have we spoken to you know? We haven't spoken to either guys. I was gonna, since. Right. So as the seller, you know, is he happy with you know what we did? You know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. We said to him from the outset, you know, we're not we're not going to do you any favors in as much as we will tell you what we see and we'll reflect that in a report. We're not going to yeah. Um, we're not going to put our reputation on the line to. Yeah, um, to lie about anything? No, know? no, no. I, to be honest, with this this guy doesn't know. You know, wouldn't know if we if, no. if it was an Argos guitar next to that. I wouldn't know the difference. Yeah. So, so to be walking away with an unexpected five grand, maybe you know, yeah. or whatever he's going to get, yeah. he's always going to be uh, happy. I think, and he's he's a nice guy. You know, he came in when he picked it up, and we were chatting a bit, and mm. yeah, he, he's yeah, he stumbled on it, and it's something that we all dream of in the shop to, mm. to sort of. Get these people come in and mm. attic finds and things like that. We've said it loads. Of, I think we said it on the year before. 
I think the next like 10, 15 years, there's lots of stuff that's going to be appearing from spare rooms and attics. Yeah. Come in and, you know, can you value this? Or do you want to buy this? You know, it's, um, it's going to be a lot of good gear coming out of the woodwork, I think. Yeah. So saying about the price, obviously this guitar is going to go for, say, six. Say, for example, six. Custom shop, relict, three and a half, three, three and a half. Mm. Okay. Tom and I have chatted about it. <clears throat> what would you rather? So, you know, if you're saving yourself a good, like, two, two and a half grand on it, I'd probably go custom shop because, you know, it, you're buying these things with, you know, you know, cosmetically they're going to look like they've been worn in. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, the way that they, I think with the custom shop process, you know, they do wear these things in to feel like a good warm pair of shoes or, or yeah. whatever. If uh, at some point, you know, if, if you're, uh, if you're going to play the things and it's not going into a glass cabinet, at some point after regular wear, you're going to need a new pot, you can need a new jack socket and that kind of thing. Yeah. When you've got an original 1962 Stratocaster, especially if it's in original Fiesta Red and it's, you know, got all these things going for it. If I, Maybe if you're spending a ridiculous amount of money on a, a guitar like that, yeah, maybe you're not going to play it. Maybe it's going to go in the case, but that would never entertain, I'd never entertain the notion of buying a guitar not to play it. Yeah. It's going to get played, it's going to get worn, and it's going to get scratched. So the thought of devaluing something through just kind of owning it and having your use out of it doesn't do anything for me. So it'd be custom shop for me, I think. Yeah, I th- go on. Sorry, I was going to say was that said, if um, if there's a if you stumble on a, a gold mine, you know, a, a guitar that is absolutely what you want, and it's at a price that you can afford and justify, I would go for you know. So if the same guitar was custom shop money or yeah. Or um, original, uh, an original item. I would go for the original. Tom and I were talking about it yesterday, and it, it's for me after seeing this '62 the way it was, and just not knowing yeah. the kind of past and the history. You kind of you know you're wondering. You know we we were sort of there. We think it's had a refret. We're pretty positive it's had a refret. The saddles were pretty much non you know they were rust they were gone it's to adjust them is probably impossible really trem was fine trem you know the springs and the trem all worked and so with something that old how are you know how much of it is sacrificing sort of functionality and playability for just having something that is of of an age yeah if you're paying you know the actual value of what it is you know with all these things said and done you know, I wouldn't mind that it had a replacement saddle or a refret if the price reflected that. You know, yeah. it's um sometimes I think that there's like a a bit of a, a non-rational kind of kind of cloud around you know all of the, this stuff whereby you mm-hmm. know it's from 1960 or 1950 something, so it's assumed that this thing is just going to be a magical piece of wood. Yeah, you know, and. Like it or not, there are some horrendous guitars God, yeah. built by Fender and lots of other prestigious companies in this time, especially, you know, Gibson. You know, there's some horrific kind of um, examples out there. Mm. So, you know, just going for something just because it's got that date stamp on it. But isn't it about the history? Isn't that what it's about? I mean, I wouldn't get it to play. 
I mean, I wouldn't get a custom shop to play either. What? It's I'd, a, I'd rather get a Mexican or a, um, you know. So, so you saying? Uh, are you saying there that you wouldn't spend that kind of money on a guitar? Period, or no. you'd buy it as a? Well, it's not going to lose any money. No. No. No, it's a piece of history. So, yeah. See, you know, coming from it being, you know, you're heavily into, you know, your art and, you know, you like your paintings and that kind of thing. So you can appreciate buying something for the aesthetic and the and the the kind of the historical value of it. Yeah. As opposed to a working tool, which yeah. is probably where we would come from. You know, yeah. the the thought of having a fifteen thousand pound instrument on the wall there and not being able to pick it up is almost like it's almost torturous to me. Yeah, I, waste, like, it's a waste I can of feel like butterflies going through my arms as we speak. You know, the thought of something being there and just feeling that you know restriction that you, you you can't you can't touch it because you know if you look at it the wrong way, if something fell off, you know, all of a sudden you've lost that much money on it. It's got to be a functional thing. For me. Okay, so if you had like a Ming vase, would you put flowers in it? I couldn't justify spending money on a Ming. This is the thing, see, you know, what what can I justify spending a lot of money on? There's not a great deal, apart from guitars, that I would buy as a... As a luxury. No. Hmm. No. Okay, so cards on the table. You two know already, but I collect Transformers toys. And the big, big fan of it from when I was like three years old. And uh, in the last, like, 10, 15 years or so, very, very shrewdly, you've got these uh, Japanese uh, toy manufacturers that have realised that the people who were five years old in 1985 hmm. who were absolutely addicted to Transformers and you know, you know, every time you went past the toy shop, you'd be grabbing your mum's arm, oh, can we have a look at the, the Transformers? And you might be lucky enough to get a few for Christmas, but there are always gaps in the collection because there are hundreds of the things, you know, and... Yeah. You know, the toys were shrewd back then. Now, with all the advances in technology and everything else, you can buy these cartoon, <clears throat> cartoon accurate, infinitely kind of posable figures that don't just look like the robots in the, uh, in the series, but they transform in a really, really complex way to look exactly like the vehicle that they're meant to look like. Okay. So did the originals... Uh, so the originals weren't weren't the originals were a bit more clunky you know yeah, like they yeah. they they were similar ish but <laughs> yeah you know like a lot of them you know, like if you transform the car their legs wouldn't separate or anything because they because they couldn't get it to work like that back yeah, then. yeah 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 now you know they've managed to to do all that and you know transform so you hide all the bits that would have been connected before i digress right but in the toy collector's market, you get this grading, don't you? Like, is this C1 is the, like the... Oh, like pristine in the box. Or, yeah, like pristine, and and source, going up to C9 and, and all that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And, you know, you buy these things and they're collector's pieces. You know, they're only available for a limited time and I don't think they're numbered or anything, but you can only get them for a limited amount of time until they finish the run. Yeah. And, you know, the, I, you know, as and when I can afford them in the past, I've bought you know, the latest release kind of thing, and then um, had it through. And you think, oh, you know, it looks good in this box, but how can I not get this thing out and muck about it and, and play with it kind of thing? You yeah. Know? So, not want well, to say play with it. Sorry, strike, <laughs> strike that from the record. Transform it. 
or whatever you you know play with it no I don't play with them I can't do the voices since my voice broke but what I'm saying is that if I buy something and it has a function I need to get the function out of it yeah it's really interesting especially the toy thing you have to be you have to be of the mindset of your collecting unless you're like a massive fan you know like I've got I've got Bowie picture discs at home yeah. that I'm not going to play. Actually, that's a very, very good... I've got some... I've got quite a few picture discs and vinyls at home and, the, you know, there are bands that come out now and they'll bring out a CD and a limited run vinyl, something for record store day or whatever. Yeah. I will buy those and I will play them. Yeah. <sighs> but you can listen to them anyway. I mean, that's the difference, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That is true. Yeah. That is true, yeah. 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 Whereas Starscream can't do flip all in a box, can he? Exactly. Interesting. Mm. Just so, just to end it, I'd buy a custom shop. I think. Yeah. Because you get a new, yeah, you get a new hardware that's been aged to look at. You get a full functioning guitar. Let's look at things completely objectively. You know, the Fender custom shop is absolutely shit on. Yeah. You know, they're better now than they've ever been. And. Okay, sorry. Um, would you take it out and play it? Yeah, yeah. As in, gig- the thing is, you got you got so much. I know it's an expensive guitar, but I've got a PRS as well. Yeah, but that's pristine. You know, and, yeah. and in as much as it's finished to be pristine, yeah. you've got no inhibitions. If something comes in looking like it's been dragged by a car, yeah. which I think looks absolutely awesome, you're not gonna. I've got my Telemaster, which is the you know that's yeah. relict, and I used to throw that up. You know used to play a show, finish a song, and just take it off and just throw it. Cool. But And, you know, that's obviously the extreme of it. But yeah, you wouldn't have inhibitions with it, would you? No. You can wear your triple-studded belt and your bullet chain. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's top five? Tom top five. Tom top five. Go deep your voice was then. Really? Yeah. Tom's top five. Top, top. I can't go. No. <clears throat> what we got this week, Tom? And just uh, so this week we've got songs that were written for films. Cool. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So they weren't songs that have been put in films that are in film. It's been written it's, for the film. I think. Yeah. I might. Yeah. I think so. You hope so. Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, me and you went to see um, Goonies. Yes, we did. On Sunday. Do you know? I never liked that film. Uh, I, I've seen bits of it, and it's it's too dark for me. I, I was surprised how adult it was. Actually, yeah. it's quite dark. Yeah. Anyway, so in um, Goonies, it was um, Cindy Lauper's song, wasn't it? Yep. It was written for the film. Yep. What song was that? It's called Good Enough. Never hear it. Yeah. Sing it out. Good enough for you, it's good enough for me, it's good enough. Should have started lower. <laughs> good enough. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, some of these songs might just be a bit uh, nostalgic rather yeah. than actually brilliant songs. Number five. <laughs> Ghostbusters. By Ray Parker Jr. Yeah, of course. Yeah. What else did he do? He he did some other songs. Ray Parker yeah. Jr. He had a great kind of soul voice, didn't he? Ghostbusters too. <laughs> <laughs> um, Huey Lewis was originally approached to record the theme, and later sued um, Ray Parker Jr. for copyright, which was settled out of court. Well, so when was Ghostbusters? Eighty-five. Something like that, yeah. Because A- Back to the Future is 85. Right. So I wonder whether they went, they got him off the back of 
So yeah, what, he didn't write the song. So there's, there's a song called I Want a New Drug uh, by Huey Lewis and it, and it sounds exactly the same. Really? Yeah. And it was meant to be for Ghostbusters? I, I think they said, we want something like this. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. That's a fact. I like that. Nice, Tom. Um, what's it called? I want a drug. I want a new drug. I want a new drug. Yeah. I'm afraid of no drugs. <laughs> It's more like it's more the. Like, I want a new drug. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, uh, Stan Alive, Bee Gees. Bee Gees oh, of course, classic. swinging your paint can. Yeah. Do you want to sing that one out? Now you've seen you've you've seen the heady heights I can get to. I don't need to prove myself. Number three, Eye of the Tiger, by Survivor from Rocky Free. Lyrically obvious, yeah, but was it so? It was written for, for Rocky. It was. They originally wanted to use another one bites the dust. Really, but they weren't. Uh, they weren't allowed. Really, you know, like like Queen don't uh, like, allow they, their songs in bad films. No. <laughs> wow, I never knew that. That's According bad. to Wikipedia. Oh, okay, I put it in this morning just for <laughs> just for a laugh. So easy to edit. <laughs> Actually, Queen have used to have been in a lot of films, haven't they? Yeah, loads of films. So it's interesting then why they were picky with that one. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. Maybe I, it was because it was that song. It was, you know, a big song. Yeah. Didn't know. Another one bites the dust. So what year was Bites the Dust? 80. And when was. Rocky Free must have been late 80s. Late 80s. No, oh, so it's, it's been, you know, it'd been well, out maybe, for maybe a Maybe mid 80s, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Number two Moon River by Audrey Hepburn. Mm. From Breakfast at Tiffany's. Audrey Hepburn sung Moon River. The original version. Really? And it was written for Breakfast at Tiffany's, was it? It was, yeah. Ah, I, I, for some reason, I thought it was a much older song than that again that had just been kind of recycled. And Andy Williams did a turned into famous version, didn't he? Did, yeah. yeah. Number one, Mrs. Robinson from oh, The Graduate. Yeah. Simon and Garfunkel. It's um, you can't not think of the song when you think of the when you think of the film. Yeah, no, yeah, they they are. Originally, I picked um, "Sound of Silence." Oh, okay, for, for, from uh, from Graduate. Wow, but it was uh, an earlier song that they um, just brought in for the, the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So there wasn't a Queen one in there. No, <laughs> Flash. Ah, that was Andrew, by the way. Um. And you know, uh, it's kind a, of magic. A lot of kind of magic, yeah. One vision from what was, what was Iron uh, Eagle. What was uh, magic on? Highlander. All oh, right. So honorable mentions. Uh, Man in Motion. Saint Saint Norman's Fire. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, what's the one in Top Gun? Take my breath away. Yeah. Footloose. <laughs> yeah. Footloose. Footloose. Yeah. <laughs> Footloose from one. the film Footloose. <laughs> um, what's the one in Armageddon? Greece. Oh, don't want to miss a thing. Was don't written wanna... for Armageddon. Yeah, not by Aerosmith. Greece is the word. Yeah. Well, all the songs in Greece, the, yeah. music, the musical. Yeah. yeah. Um, we mentioned him earlier. Uh, Power of Love, Huey Lewis. Yeah. Interestingly, you probably already know this, but in the audition scene in Back to the Future One. The band that Marty's in starts playing 
Power of Love. And it's Huey Lewis, who's one of the teachers, who gets up and stops him and says, no, you're too darn loud. Mm. That is Huey Lewis. Yeah. Say no things. Tom's top five. It's a social media comment of the week. Yes. It's actually quite an interesting one this week. We use the word interesting a lot. Maybe things should just be what they are as opposed to interesting a lot yeah. of the time. Maybe we force things yeah. to be interesting because we... Listen need... up, this is interesting. Please keep listening. Yeah, we need this to be interesting. Those biscuits were interesting. <laughs> so so are we answering the question that we set from last week? Yeah, cool. it's all part of this. Yeah, Awesome. So as part of social media comment the week, this week, uh, we're going to address... Uh, we asked you last week with regards to what you thought we should do with regards to the uh, boss kind of conundrum we got at the moment. And so we're going to address a little bit of that, but I'm sure you've picked out something for us uh, to sleep Adam with. Um, there wasn't anything um, this week. Oh. So if you've got anything to say about his tattoos, please oh. leave some comments. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we've got, let's see. So Neverlast 2010. Um, said a string stocking earthquake at jhs jhs or wampler pedals would be great so that's kind of insinuating to maybe move away from the boss thing earthquaker i really really have been looking quite a bit recently and um we know the guys who do them yep it'd be stupid for us not to i think so mm-hmm. maybe in the next um uh week or so we got a bank holiday coming up so maybe um the other side of that next week Start making some inroads with the guards again. A bit of that, uh, bit of that gear in. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> Just give me a pad and a pen. I'll put an order together. <laughs> VZG three J three, also known as Christina. Oh right. Our new best friend. Yeah. Guild owner, vocalist extraordinaire. So it's quite a long comment from Christina, but on the subject of boss, it was. Bye bye, boss. No biscuits, no business. Oh, uh, she talking about the brand or me? <laughs> yeah, both. <laughs> On a serious note, your customers, I'm sure, will be in full support of your decisions. A local music shop as amazing as yours is to be supported, and no business can take a loss. Oh, stop! <laughs> this is like points of view, isn't it? Yeah. Where like the. the <laughs> <laughs> the letter's been read out and then you have like interjections of um, what's he saying then? You know, and uh, yeah, I might, um, I might interject in the um, style of Frankie Howard. Okay. So the last comment that we've got for today's episode is from a video, Vox AC30 versus Vox MV50 AC in Brian May mode part one. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> So this comment isn't abusive because it's one of Andrew's videos and we're not allowed to... Well, nobody nobody abuses him anyway. Um, so this is from Kevin Kaizo. Uh, we thought it was funny because he asks, um, could you please play each passage just one more time? Cheers, brother. Sounds great. Yeah, because we're going to go and re-record things for you and just double up the phrases. Oh, be kind. Oh! <laughs> oh!
Oh, well, this hasn't dragged on as much as <laughs> no last listen, week's listen, Listeners won't hear, obviously, the the director's cut. But we are. What do you call me? <laughs> <laughs> we are. We are a full Game of Thrones episode in. We are an hour and twenty-two in. Right. That's so, not too bad for you, is it? Is it? Well, the way I rattle on. No, no it's I mean, uh, like, edit-wise. No, good. No, I'm good. It's uh, so next week. We'll have Elwyn along, hopefully. Special guest. As always, thank you very much for listening. Please get involved and leave us comments and like, subscribe and share and do all the things that you um, you do already. I've been Andrew. I've been Adam. I've been Tom. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Mm-hmm.